Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. In the very final message of this first part of our series that we've been talking about, Three Essential Things, um, which is called So Loved, and they are found in this scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. If I keep looking this way at times, just know that I'm not yet used to going over here. All right, because during worship, a couple of times I'm looking up, I'm like, oh, that's right, I got to look over here. Okay, it says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love, okay? And we've said that, you know what? Faith, hope, and love are three great foundational pieces or stones of the Christian life that need to be immovable from us, right? They need to be something that we are constantly growing in and developing in our walk with the Lord. Because we've talked about in, in, in past messages about how, you know, our culture, our council culture, is trying to help get us away, drift away from God's word, right? And if we have these growing in our lives, then you know what? We will be able to negate that drift because we'll, we'll know God's word, we'll, we'll, we'll grow in our understanding of faith, hope, and love, and we'll understand that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us and give us a direction in our life so that we're not um, surrounded or, or find ourselves in smack dab in the middle of what this world is trying to get across to us, which is confusion, fear, doubt, right? It's got all these, the, the, this world has all these agendas, all these um, ideologies that they're trying to push, you know, thanks to TV, thanks to social media, thanks to all kinds of things that we, we come across during our day. But see, we have to be rooted and grounded in God's word in order for us to, to, to move forward so that we don't. Because sometimes what happens is people will begin to doubt. They'll second guess if God really does love them in the midst of all of these things that go on. And when we do that, when we start to, to, to allow God um, that, that thought in our life, then what happens to us is that we give life or we give or we breathe oxygen into doubt, into anxiety, into depression, into fear, into isolation. Because we're allowing all of these things to come inside. And when we give life to them and we breathe oxygen into them, man, it begins to kind of distort how we view things and how, how we see things. So that's why we're kind of walking through and studying these three principles because we just need a fresh revelation of these three, faith, hope, and love, right? And that's why we jumped into love because once we grow an understanding of how deep God's love is for us, and really how far he's willing to go in that love, then hope and faith can begin to grow in us. See, it all starts with love. Wouldn't you agree? All starts with us understanding that God so loves me that then hope and faith can begin to grow, and it, then it begins to impact our lives spiritually, begins to impact our life physically, and even relationally. And everything that we, we, we have. But see, here's the world. The world is trying to get you off of that. The world is trying to, to divert your, your thought process. And so if you've missed any of the messages, the last three messages, then get, go, go and listen to the podcast. All right? 
go, go and, and um, you know, go to the, the website and then look for messages and then you can hook up, other, hook up on them there. But go and listen to those things because it's so important for us to get a revelation of what that is. Now, today, I mean, I, looking at it, how many of you would say that God's love is perfect, right? I think all of us would say God's love is perfect. Yet, I, I don't know if you've you noticed, but sometimes we tend to struggle with, with the idea that his love is perfect, especially when life isn't perfect, right? I mean, if you got a perfect life, then man, let me talk to you afterwards because I want to get to know you a little bit better and see what you're doing, right? But see, sometimes we struggle with that because we think, well, God loves, he's great, but look at all this that's going on. Look at all of these things that are encompassing my life or, en or encompassing the world, encompassing all this, these, these situations and things like that. And so looking at that, I, I, we want to be able to kind of say, okay, how then do we deal with that? How do we deal when life is not perfect? How, 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 do, we, how do we walk in, in this, this way of understanding that even though life isn't perfect, God is perfect. God's love for me is perfect. God will always be perfect in my life. Okay. So today our title of the message is confident in God's love, confident in God's love. So let me pray and uh, we'll get going from there. Uh, Holy Spirit, teach us to be confident in God's love for us on a daily basis especially when life isn't perfect. Amen. Right? Now you might wonder, man, why do you always pray short prayers right there? Well, you ever think, listen, listen, look at when Jesus prays. Does Jesus pray these long, drawn-out ones? No, man, he's just right, boom, let's go. Let's get right to the point. Okay? So that's sometimes why I pray kind of these short little prayers. Anyways, okay? So how then is this accomplished? How then is this accomplished? Well, First off, it's done by choice. It's done by choice. It's understanding and then walking in the knowledge that God and his extravagant love, okay, it's not just a menial love, it's an extravagant love for you, is deeply involved in the details of your life. You have to believe that. You have to understand, because even in the midst of the situations or the trials or the things that you're going through, you have to believe that no matter what, God is deeply, deeply, deeply concerned, deeply, deeply involved in what I'm walking through. No, no matter what. I mean, the enemy may come and the enemy may say, no, no. See, God's not even near. God's not present. God, God's kind of just off, off, far away. He's dealing with someone else. He don't care about you. But see, that's where you got to stop and say, no, 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 I don't receive that. Mine, get in line, because I know that God's word tells me that God loves me and he will never leave me nor forsake me. He will surround me like, um, like a guard. I, he's my rock, my shelter. But see, we have to understand that we've got to, to make that choice, right? And he will meet you every single time. And whatever your need is, whatever, if it's pain, if you're in a time of pain, if you're in a time of stress, if you're in a time of pressure, if you're in a time of frustration or a trial or whatever else that, that's going on in your life, we have to know that he wants to meet your need. 
Right? We talked about that in, uh, I can't even remember the scripture now, but we talked about how, you know what? He said, come to me, right? Come to me, and I, I man, I'm right there, like, like a, a, a soldier that will run to the battle for you. He'll run to the battle and be there for you and, and help you in your time of, in, time of need, right? And, and here's the thing about it, too, because sometimes I think we kind of miss this, but, but Jesus never said that life would be easy peasy, lemon squeezy, Right? He never said that. He, this, this is what he said. John 16, okay? He's talking to his disciples. He said, in this godless world, how many would agree we are in a godless world? Yeah. I mean, it's increasing, right? He said, in this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, right? Or tribulations, you can say. But then he says this. So he just tells you, hey, you're going to face stuff. Right? Because sometimes we think, well, no, man, we got to live in our little Christian bubble and God should be, you know, just around and protecting us and everything should be good. Yeah, he, he's going to do that. But he's also saying, hey, you know what? You're going to face troubles. You're going to face tribulation. You're going to face trials. You're going to face all kinds of things that go on. But then this is the best thing that he says right after that. Something that I think we should lock into. It says, but take heart. That means, you know, hey, yeah, be excited, man. Be convinced. Know that this is true. I've conquered the world. Not you conquered the world, but Jesus has conquered the world. Meaning that, you know what? Whatever comes your way in this world, Jesus has the answer. Jesus is the answer. Man, he, he's going to help take care of that. And, and it's in that certainty of Christ's victory that we can stand in faith, Right? knowing that he will use all of these difficulties, all of these situations in our life to prepare and equip you for the plans and purposes that he has for you in your life. He will. So let's look at Romans chapter 5. Okay, this is kind of our main text for today, and we're going to look at it. Uh, Paul's going to kind of set, set a tone for this kind of main verse, which is 3 through 5. But Romans chapter 5, because really the Bible talks a lot about this subject because we look at it and think, well, okay, so how am I going to navigate this? How am I going to have confidence when I encounter these things? But here, here's what Paul says beginning in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. He says, therefore, okay, so he's talking about the previous thing, so you can go back to verse, uh, chapter 4 if you want to read it. He says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, you and I are at peace with God because we've been justified. Well, Pastor Scott, what does justified mean? Okay, that just means that, that the exchange of our sins were put on Jesus and Jesus's righteousness was put on us. How good is that? Right? We didn't deserve it, but we got it, right? And so now you are righteous, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 tells us, he who knew no sin, that was Jesus, became sin for us so that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. It was the finished work of the cross. It was the finished work of Jesus. Romans uh, uh, verse 2, it says, through whom, that's Jesus, also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So because we have this faith, we are now standing in the grace of God. 
Well, what is the grace of God? Well, this is undeserved grace of favor, unconditional acceptance, and empowerment. Means that we have been given things in our life by the Lord, not because we deserve it, but because he loves us. Right? Because, you know, I, I, you get saved, and that doesn't mean all of a sudden you're, you're perfect now. No, you still got issues. You still got stuff going on. You got all kinds of things. But the fact is, is God says, you know what? In my grace, I am going to give you favor. In my grace, I am going to empower you to, to be able to live past these sins or these areas of your life. I'm going to give you all of this. I'm just going to pour it out on you. I know you don't deserve it, but I'm still going to pour it out on you. That, that's that's kind of what grace is. And that grace, just it totally underscores the generosity of God's love towards you. It just, man, just look at that and what he has done for you. It just lavishes itself upon you. But then here's the thing. So, so Paul says, okay, he says that we glory in the goodness of God. How many want to glory in the goodness of God, right? Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. But then Paul kind of shifts gears in verses three through five. And he kind of, he uses a paradox kind of when he says this. He says, and not only that, Okay, so you remember, it says, grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And then in verse three, he says, and not only that, okay, so not only do we rejoice in God's goodness, he says, but we also glory, rejoice, right, boast, in tribulations. Like, what? I mean, really, Paul? I mean, you can't be serious. But, but do you hear what he's saying? He's saying, hey, you know what? We're supposed to rejoice in tribulations. But then it says this, knowing, okay, now this, 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 this is the reason for our rejoicing, that tribulations produce perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Verse 5, now hope, right? Hope is the confident expectation that good is coming. Now hope does not disappoint, Right? And now it says, because, now here's the reason. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, throughout the Bible, there's many, you know, paradoxes or, or yeah, paradoxes. Um, you know, and we hear and we're told continually that the Bible is filled with God's promises, right, of joy, peace, of provision. But at the same time, there's, there's the reality of pain, painful solutions, situations, right? And circumstances that we all face. So we hear this, yeah, we want to cheer that on, right? We want to get the pom-poms out, you know, and just go, yeah, yeah, let's go. I did this wedding um, on Friday. And um, so there, there well, it was vow renewal, right? And there was, um, well, how many were my bridesmaids? 15 bridesmaids, 12 br groomsmen. And every time they said, I do, they were like, Woo! they were cheering. Like, God, I have never been to a, a, a vow renewal or a wedding like that. But they were like literally cheering. And some lady had a spinner thing and stuff like this. I mean, it was kind of like crazy. Okay. But, but see, that's kind of how we react when we, sometimes when we hear, man, God is a God of love, joy, peace, you know, provision. Yeah, bring it on. Let's go. Okay. But then, when God's word also promises tribulation, man, we ain't so 
<laughs> right? We ain't so like, yeah, let's go. Let's bring it on. We're more like, ah, oh, really? No, this is how, yeah, how it shouldn't be. All right? Because, you know, Jesus said, hey, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And he has, right? And all that includes healing and it includes protection and blessings, uh, provision. But we still face all of this stuff, this sickness, right? We face sickness, financial pressure, uh, loss, um, and this, like even the stress and pressure from various other places in our life. We still experience all that. Right? These things, these trials, these circumstances we face can then shake us to the core and begin to cause us to think, well, wait a minute, well, well, man, I, does God really love me? Because look at my circumstances. You ever thought that before? Is God really around? Because look at my circumstances. Look at what I'm walking through right now. This is not fair. I, I love God, but this is not fair. That, that begins to kind of rise up inside of us. But see, what we need to be is we need to be confident in the love of God as our refuge for us when we go through these times of needs that we have. And so also to, to truly kind of understand the paradox of it, I mean, we have to realize that people have twisted the truth of Scripture to say that, that God is the one who brings the tribulations. He brings the trials and the suffering in order to accomplish positive results in our life. All right? But can I just say, if that were the case, then I think we would have passed the test a long time ago. Wouldn't you think? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've lived 56 years, and I look at that and go, man, I should have passed a long, long time ago. Not, you know, passed away, but you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? But, but, but I should have passed those tests a long time ago. But see, the, the thing is, is that people have, have said, oh, well, God keeps doing it to you because of that. No. Listen to what James chapter 1, verse 13 says. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Right? So tribulations, trials, and suffering of any kind do not come from God because that is not who God is. That, that's, that's against his character. But tri tribulations, trials, and sufferings do exist because there's a battle going on, right? There's a battle between the kingdom of God and the, and the small kingdom of the devil. I'm not going to give him place that it's big. It's small compared to God's kingdom and God's power and God's ability. But it's this small kingdom that thinks it can rise up and defeat God. But see, you're part of the big kingdom. And so there are times that you're going to have to stand and you're going to have to be confident in God's love to be able to say, yeah, no, I'm not taking that. I'm not going to take that attack. I'm not going to take that assault, but I'm going to walk in joy because I know God loves me and he said he would take care of me, that he would meet every need that I had, whatever that need is, according to who he is, according to who Jesus is in my life. But see, we have to realize we, we are in this world. We're not of the world. That's what the Bible says. You're not of the world if you're a Christian, but you're in the world. So I'm not denying that, yeah, yeah, we don't need you. No, we live in this world. And the thing about this world is that the world is broken, right? This world is broken by sin. It's plagued with sin. And, and because of it, this world is subject to those ramifications. 
And here we are. We're in the world. But see, don't you think God knows that? I mean, God knows you're in the world. He knows that you're going to face situations. That the, that the kingdom of darkness will try and, and infiltrate and try to do things in your heart and in your life to try to get you off of your, 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 your focus or your projection for what God wants to do in your life. Because I'm sure in all of this, in some way, shape, or form, God has, has, has spoken to you about, man, this is what I want you to be. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to, to how to live your life. I want you to be a t- witness, a testimony to these people. Right? And the enemy goes, no, I don't want that to happen. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring some difficulty in there. I'm going to bring some strife in there. I'm going to bring some things in there in order to throw you off your game. He ain't dumb. He, he, he kind of has, I don't want to give him credit, but he, he's got some wits about him. But see, that's where you and I continue to have to grow to be able to recognize when that little devil tries to get in there and be a jerk and tries to throw you, throw you off your game. See, so what God does then, right? He takes what the enemy meant for harm to build our character. He takes what the enemy meant for harm or, or, or for confusion, chaos, whatever it is, and, and God uses it to build our character to protect, to perfect us. Say perfect. And fully equip us. Say fully equip. So that we lack nothing. Right? That Romans 8.28 says, we know that all things work together for good. Doesn't mean that all things are good. Right? It just says all things. Doesn't say everything is good. Right? It says, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. Then James tells us in uh, James 1 verse 2, says, my brethren, <laughs> count it all joy. Guess what? We're brethren, right? Brethren, sistren, whatever you want to say. Okay? Just want to make sure, right? But it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That's a tough one, right? And then Paul again says in Romans chapter five, verse three, we glory in tribulations. So as believers, right, we don't count it all joy and glory for the sake of the trial. Hear what I say? But we do count it all joy and glory because of the confidence we have in God's love towards us, which assures us that God will never leave us or forsake us. So if we get into a trial, you know, you don't have to be like, yeah, but the fact is, is that, you know what? Okay, this is an opportunity for God to show up and to show, up, show off in my life. And if I walk through this thing with my mind focused on him, not on my circumstance, not on the things that, that are going on, yes, I've got to deal with them and I got to, you know, whatever. But at the same time, if I focus on him, he's going to give you everything you need all the wisdom you need, maybe even things in your tool belt you need in order to overcome them, to come out on, on the other side of them. And see, the great thing about it is God will always be there, always meet the need that we have, and he won't run. See, oftentimes we think he's going to run. 
God, I'm coming to you with this, this trial, this, this need, this situation I'm, I'm dealing with. And, and, and since I haven't seen you move or I haven't seen you kind of answer anything, I guess you ran away. But he didn't. Sometimes he's just asking, hey, are you, are you going to grow up? You know, are you going to be mature enough to handle this? Are you going to press in, lock in? Right? But we just got to begin, we got to get mature to the point where we're able to declare this. This is what Charles Spurgeon said, a great pastor, uh, theologian guy. He said this, I have learned to embrace the waves that crash me into the rock of ages. Who's the rock of ages? Jesus. But he said, man, I've learned to embrace the waves. What are the, what are the waves? The trials, the tribulations, the stresses, the pressures, the, 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 the hurts, the things that we, we, we encounter. See, we've got to grow up to the point where you know, God's just like, grow up, man. Let's see. Who are you going to rely on? Are you going to just delve deep down with you know, just all of this weight and all this pressure and not even come to me? Not even seek me? So let me give you three points. Okay, that uh, that will help you remain confident in God's love. Okay, no matter what you're facing when life isn't perfect. The very first point is there is joy in the journey. Uh, You heard that right? There is joy in the journey. You might say, "Yeah, come on, Pastor Scott, really?" What? Yeah, no, it's true, right? Because the Bible teaches us that joy is not circumstantial. Joy is not circumstantial. Our joy can never be grounded in the circumstances at hand. Our joy, our fulfillment, our sense of satisfaction really becomes fragile, if you think about it. When we base them on current circumstances, whether they're good or bad, right? I'm only joyful when when things are going my way, when things are wonderful, and when things are great, okay? And then I, I am not joyful when things are bad. And I've just, you know, been sucking on lemons all day. And everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, we can tell. You got, it. You got something going on, right? Okay? But, but the thing is, is we've got to realize it's not based on that. Our, our joy has to be in the fact that even though I'm walking through this, I know God's with me and God's growing me. And God's helping me to get through this. And I'm maturing in the things because I'm not backing up. I'm not hiding in the corner. I'm actually walking through this hand in hand with my Lord and Savior. Hand in hand with the Holy Spirit who's given me wisdom and understanding about how do I walk and navigate this. But see, that's kind of how, going back to what I said before, that's kind of how we determine our level of joy and happiness. I'm going through a hard circumstance, so therefore I can't be joyful. My joyful meter is way low. But see, it should be the opposite. It, it, you remember, you know, the kingdom, the kingdom of God is upside down, right? And so, you know, we look at it and think, well, no, we shouldn't be joyful because we're going through the circumstances. But the kingdom of God says, no, it's upside down. You should be joyful as you walk through this. That's what those scriptures were saying. That's hard. That means you got to kind of like maybe even train your mind and train your flesh to be able to respond the way you're supposed to. And in in verse three again, it says, but that's not all. Even in time of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. 
So that helps us understand we just should be joyful, right? We, we, we need a high level of joy and happiness in our journey with God. It's gonna take work, okay? I'm not gonna say it's gonna be instant. You're not gonna all of a sudden just, boom, click, it's good, right? And, and, and let me say this too, don't be phony. You know, I, I'm just so joyful all the time. And you're like, come on, man. I know you got some things going on. I know you got this happening. But you know what? You could still be, yeah, I got this, I got this. But you know what? I'm finding joy in this journey because I know God's growing me, that God's developing me. God's putting me in a position that I'm going to overcome these areas in my life. But see, we've got to be able to stand strong in knowing that, that God loves you and is always working on your behalf. Pastor James says it this way. This is in the Passion Translation. He says, my fellow believers... When it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, okay, I'm putting my hand up because sometimes it feels that way, okay, right? Life's not perfect. He says, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. He says, man, that, see it as, you know what? By golly, I know that's kind of an old phrase or whatever, um, but by golly, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in joy during this, this situation. Yeah, and the enemy's going to come, and I, I might get hit more and bombarded more with, you know, whatever. But you know what? I'm going to look for joy. I'm going to try to muster up joy. Not a fake, phony joy, but a joy that just says, man, God loves me so much that, you know, he's going to see me through this thing, and I don't care what kind of comes my way. Yeah, it might look really bad. Right? It, man, you know, when I had my kidney stone, it, it didn't feel like uh, I should have some joy. But I was trying to find joy in it. Right? But that's joy in the journey. Like I had to make a decision. I had to make a choice. Okay? And so, again, this joy is not an emotional, circumstantial reaction. All right? But it, it, is, it is truthfully, who, because truthfully, who can sustain that? You can't sustain that. But, Right? It's an intentional assessment of the situation from God's perspective. Not your perspective. It's an assessment. Will I go to God and say, okay, God, I'm walking through this trial. I'm walking through this situation. I'm walking through this pressure. I'm walking through maybe even this sickness. I'm walking through this thing. And what's your assessment of it? What's your perspective of it? Because his perspective is always higher than our perspective. Hands down. There's no question about that, right? I mean, just, just read God's word. And his perspective is always higher. But see, it takes us to, to jump into that. We got to go after God's assessment of the situation and not just hope it just somehow evolves, right? And then I'm going to read Romans 8, 28 again, but I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation because it expands it a little bit farther. It's so, so, so we are convinced that every detail, right, including difficulties and pain, of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. So it's saying, again, yeah, you're going to face circumstances. You're going to face difficulty. You're going to face things. But you know what? We've got to believe it, man. This is part of God's plan to develop us and to grow us. For we are his lovers 
who have been called to fulfill his designed purposes. So that means whether we're on the mountaintops of God's blessings or we're in the valley of life's trials, there still can be joy in the journey because we are making a decision by choice to press in and know that God loves me and God is faithful to me and he will never let me down. The second truth is this. Tribulations produce if we allow it. That's key. Those three last words are for if we allow it. Romans chapter five, verse three and four again says, but, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures or tribulations will develop in us patient endurance and patient endurance will refine our character and proven character will lead us back to hope. So let's look because troubles and pressures and tribulations produce three things in our life from that scripture. Okay. The first is endurance. That endurance, um, which it means cheerful or hopeful endurance con- constancy, okay? So tribulations, right, the pressures of this life will produce endurance in you. So that when, when these things come about, when um, you encounter these things, and even though weariness comes, despite that you maybe even maybe the possible defeat that you feel like you're feeling or the enemy keeps giving to you, you actively resist. You actively resist making the choice to dig in and continue to lean into God, right? Under life's difficulties with hope. With hope. To the point where you're like, you know what? Yeah, okay, yeah, I understand that this, this is something. But see, what it does is it produces that endurance that you keep going instead of you giving up and saying, oh, well, I guess God doesn't really love me because look at all that's going on. No, we got to have endurance. The second thing that it produces is character, okay? Character, which means the quality of being approved as a result of the test and trial, Okay, that's in the Greek. The Greek word, that's how they define it. Okay, the quality of being approved as a result of being tested in trial. In, in, in trial. Now, um, some of us have seen those commercials, right, where they promote their product and, man, they show, man, it does this and it does this because we've tested it this way and that way or whatever, you know, um, like, you know, there's that boat where you spray the spray can and it stops leaks or whatever. And they show all these examples of how, man, it, it approved it. Or, um, you know, also um, some of you guys that maybe work with stuff like this. But um, when, they, when they pressure test pipes by adding gas or liquid at a pressure that is greater than normal operating um, pressure of the pipe, they do that in order to, to make sure that there's no leaks, which to me is a great picture of how tribulations and pressures show strengths and weaknesses in our own life. How we respond. How we respond to them shows either strength or a weakness in your life. 
right? And if we blow up and we, you know, whatever, and totally act not as a Christian should, then, you know, we got some areas that, man, cannot handle the pressure. But see, then that's where God goes, okay, I want to develop that. I want to grow that because I want you to be a great witness for me. I want you to show the love of Jesus to people. I want you to, to understand that, you know what, I'm using you to reach people. Right? The Bible says, if I, if Jesus, it said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Well, who's doing the lifting? Who's doing the lifting up? Us. Right? And so if we crack under pressure, if we crack under tribulations, we crack under stress or strife or anything like that or anger or whatever it is, if we crack, then you know what? Our character shows a weakness and that weakness can then just kind of dis just cancel out our ability to witness. But see, he wants to get us to the point where, you know what, we're, we're walking through this, this testing to the point where God can, can then, you know what, say, man, you know what, you've passed. You're approved. He'll hold you up and say, look, man, they have fought the battle and they've won. Their, their character has held up. Man, don't you want that to be true with your life? I know I do. I'm not perfect, but I know that I want that in my life. But that happens because we know that God loves us and God is faithful. The third thing that it produces is hope, right? Which is a joyful, favorable, uh, confident expectation, and hope is the very soil that faith and obedience puts its roots into. Hope. And when, and when hope, right, that confident expectation, that good's coming, is solidly in, sol, solidly in you, words are hard, in the midst of that pressure and tribulation and trouble, then it allows your faith and obedience to kick in in the midst of those circumstances, and you'll discover that, when he, that he will remain faithful and complete what he has started in you. He started something in you the day you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And then Bible promises that he'll complete that. But see, part of that is when the enemy comes with these trials and tribulations and these testings and things like that, when they come, it's us building our character, building our hope, building our, our endurance to the point where we pass the tests. We pass those things. So these tribulations and these trials and these pressures we encounter daily only, um, um, will only produce fruit when we yield to God's work in our lives. 1 Peter 5.10 says this, But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, right? Now, I, I think those are kind of like slight sufferings, maybe. I don't know. But it says, after you have suffered a while, this is what, this is what it will produce too. Perf, perf, um, after you suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you, okay? So perfect means thoroughly prepared and equipped. So these trials thoroughly prepare and equip you to walk this journey in our life.
even though we don't like them. I don't like them, but it does something to me. It changes me, helps me to become more like Jesus, right? Because that, that's the whole goal, to be more like Jesus. So it says several while perfect, and then it says establish, which means a stable, uh, stable, resolute, or placed firmly. means that you ain't running. You ain't bailing on God during the trial. In fact, you're standing right here and saying, God, thank you for coming right alongside me. And it says strengthen. It'll increase your spiritual power and your knowledge. And then it says, and settle you. Now, God promises each of these to come to pass in the midst of your suffering if you'll remain confident in God's love. If you'll remain confident that God loves you and you continue to walk in that grace he affords you. See, that, that's the great thing about grace. We, 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 can, we can mess up. We don't do it intentionally. But if we mess up, that God's grace is right there to bring us back in when we come back to him and say, yeah, I messed up. He just says, yeah, okay, let's move it in. And then he gives you grace to be able to navigate it even when you're not finding so much joy in it. He still gives you the grace to get through. But see, we've got to allow his work and his refining to be done in us. Right? Sometimes we just need to get on the potter's wheel. Right? Pastor Heather in the worship part said, you know, surrendering to God. When we surrender, it's like putting yourself on a potter's wheel and allowing God to mold you and shape you through all the circumstances. Because, you know, that clay is kind of just messed up at first. But then the artist... God begins to, as it starts to, starts to, right? And you know, sometimes in that clay, there are rough spots. Isn't there? And man, that, they got to do a little extra attention in order to try to smooth it out. That's what we're talking about. But see, the artist is doing it because he's got this, this vision, this plan for, for what he, he is creating, so the same thing with God. God's got this vision and plan, what he's creating for me, what he's creating in you, what he wants from you, what he wants from all of us. And so he lovingly and graciously, hey, there's a rough spot. You know, I'm going to, you know, or the enemy, you know, whatever. He, 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 that's just how, how he works. And then let me give you the, the third and final point to remain confident in God's love. Uh, confidence and hope comes from God's love. Confidence and hope comes from God's love. Our confidence and hope in, in the circumstances we face will always be determined by our level of confidence in God's love. Man, if I'm confident in God's love, if I'm growing in that love and understanding how much he loves me, then any situation, any trial I face, I can lean back on that love and say, God, I know you love me. I know you're going to see me through this. Yeah, it's not fun. Right? When, when, I, when I had my heart attack and I had a tri triple bypass and then they said, hey, also, you got diabetes. You know that? No, I, got, I had no idea. That was not fun. Let me just tell you. And there's a part of me that, man, felt like I wanted to panic because, you know, they, the doctors don't necessarily give you great, you know, encouraging words. Hey, you're going to make it through, buddy. We'll, we got this thing. You know, they're like laying out all this stuff. Yet I had to choose... No, I'm going to be confident in my creator. I'm going to be confident in his love that somehow I'm going to get through this thing. Somehow I'm going to walk through this. And you know what? I, 
Has it been peachy? Ah, not really at times. There's still stuff that I'm just like, really, God? But you know what? That doesn't change my confidence in his love for me. Because I know, I still know that he loves me. So check this out. This is so cool. So then, then I know I'm kind of diverting a little bit, but, but you know, when I had that confidence and I still have that confidence, but, but so when I, I, um, um, ended up having another heart attack and they had to put some stents in because the triple bypass, two of my arteries were hundred percent clogged. Right. And they're like, oh my gosh. But the cool thing about it was the doctor said this. Yeah. But what's really cool is that one of your arteries created its own artery and put it back in so that it was still functioning. Now, naturally, I can't figure that out. But because him, the one I I trust, the one whom I have love in, was saying, I'll take care of you. I still got you. See, so that's where, you know what, here I am going through another trial. But all along, it's like, okay, well, the Lord's good, man. The Lord's going to take care of me. So here's what Paul finishes on verse five. He says, now hope, okay, does not disappoint. Your confident expectation, he says, man, it, it, it won't disappoint, right? It's not a fantasy because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Holy Spirit lives in you the moment You ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. He comes in, right? And he begins working in us. So in other words, the Holy Spirit is the one who communicates God's love to you, right? And if you're not feeling God's love, if you're not sensing that in your life, then you got to disconnect with the Holy Spirit, right? That's... I'm not making it up. That's what it says right here, right? Sometimes the word just preaches itself, right? And it says, because the love of God has been poured out in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. So I'm receiving God's love because the Holy Spirit is a part of my life. And the Holy Spirit just keeps reminding me and reminding me and reminding me and reminding me, just keeps dumping, 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 dumping it, all this love on me. But see, if I start walking and going, yeah, I don't think God loves me. I think God's just distant on God's whatever. Then you know what? I got a, I got a disconnect problem. My phone has hung up or, you know, it's gone, whatever. And I'm not hearing the Holy Spirit. So we're responsible for constantly being connected to the Holy Spirit and walking in spiritual things. It's our responsibility to spend time in acknowledging the Holy Spirit. Feel free to acknowledge him. Feel free to say, hey, Holy Spirit, man, I am so glad you're part of my life. I am so glad, Holy Spirit, you're in the car with me right now. And man, I just want to have a conversation with you. You know, people think you're nuts while you're talking and no one else is in there or they think you're singing, one of the two, right? But man, just have conversation, right? In your quiet time, you know, say, Holy Spirit, help me to understand God's word. Because he's supposed to be the teacher. He's supposed to be the comforter. He's supposed to be the one that gives us wisdom and insight. But see, when we're not experiencing God's love, we're disconnected somehow. We've lost, we've lost the, 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 the line. And so it's so important for us just to understand 
right? That the Holy Spirit teaches us, reminds us, and gives us the confidence and a hope that no matter what circumstances or pressures or trials we are facing, God's love for you is unstoppable and inseparable. 100%. This is what Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 35 through 39 says. And we're going to read through this. I'm just going to kind of go through it quick, and then we'll wrap up. It says, who could ever separate us? This is from the Passion Translation. Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? It goes on, absolutely no one. That's worth rejoicing, right? That's where's man, that, you know, like that party, wedding party. Woo, and they're doing that little spinner thing, you know, or whatever. And the balls are rolling around going, whatever. It says, absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions. Uh, I can't even say that word. Dangers and death threats. No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. I'm sure I butchered that. Again, words are tough. Verse 36, even though it is written, all day long we face death threats for your sake, God, we are, con- uh, we, we are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Notice, his demonstrated love. That's why it's so important to just know he loves you. He wants to demonstrate that love towards you. Verse 38, so now I live with the confidence Okay, so he's saying, I live, this is what, I'm living with this. This is like kind of a, 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 hey, guys, pay attention. You need to live with this too. He says, I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. You need to live with that confidence. There is nothing that can separate you from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, love's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that uh, can weaken his love. Nothing. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Man, that is such an amazing passage of scripture. Even if you don't read it in the Passion Translation, read it in some other text, you'll still go, whoa, this is amazing. There is nothing that can separate me from God's love. Nothing. And because he loves, because he loves you, then you know what? You should walk in confidence in every situation, every trial, everything that you encounter. You should walk in confidence. So don't base, right, your confidence in God's love for you by your circumstances. Right? Like, oh man, everything is going great, so he loves me at this moment. Ah, not everything is going great. He must not love me. You ever thought that? No, we can't, we can't base it on that. We, we've got to look at it and say, you know what? Man, you know what? I, I, I am going to allow God's love to be such a factor in my life 
that it determines um, my confidence in my circumstances. God's love for me is going to determine my, the, my confidence in the circumstances that I face. Because I know this, last scripture, we're going to end it right here. Philippians 1.6 in the Amplified Version. This is, this is how I can, I can just do this. Because it says, he who began a good work in you will continue to. <laughs> I love that. It's not a one-time shot, right? We think, oh, we became a Christian, we're supposed to be perfect. No, well, we should be working towards perfection. We should be working towards being like Christ. But it says right here, he who began a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, the time of his return. So that means, you know what? Every single day until Jesus returns, we're in this process of becoming more and more like Jesus. And when those trials and those tribulations and those sufferings and the things that we encounter, the things that we are experiencing are are occurring in our life, let's have joy about it and say, you know what? Man, God's doing something. He's He's gonna change this circumstance. He's gonna change this thing. I don't know when. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I have such confidence in his love that nothing can separate, it, separate me from it. Therefore, I'm going to see a victory in this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be changed, right? I'm going to have endurance. My character is going to be tested and I'm going to come out victorious. Man, I, my hope is going to grow that God, man, is, is in, on the move. He's doing something in my life. But see, it, it all goes back to that first thing, the thing that's most important, love. That lasts forever, love. So my challenge or, or just my, my recognition or, or um, I don't even know what the word would be, but, but I guess my challenge, my challenge then to you is just, are you growing in, in understanding that love? knowing that whatever situations you face, no matter what's going on in your life, first and foremost, God loves you. And then because of that love, he will be available to you in every situation, every trial, every pressure, everything that you face. And then are you willing to press into him and go after him? And instead of allowing the circumstances to set your temperature, you allow God to set your temperature in the circumstance. Because the enemy wants to set your temperature just probably through the roof. But God said, no, I got a cool 70 degrees for you, right? If you just press into me, if you just spend time with me, if you just have a relationship and understand that I love you and I'll be there and you just call out to me, man, and I, I, will, I, will, I will be there. That's the God we we serve. He loves you. So bow your heads. Let me wrap this up. Holy Spirit, we are so grateful for who who you are in our lives. And I thank you, Lord, that, uh, that as the Holy Spirit continues to grow in our life, that we're not disconnected from him so that we can know and experience the love of God that God has for us continue to work deeply within our hearts. Continue to give us understanding, revelation, whatever you want to call it, Holy Spirit, of that deep, deep,
passionate love, that extravagant love, that, that cascades that just overflows us on a daily basis. Help us too to press in. Help us too to, to find our, our, our bearing, our, our, our strength, our, our um, stability in, in that love so that we can walk through life when it's not perfect. Knowing that one day when we get to heaven, life will be perfect because of who Christ is. And so we thank you for what you're doing in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.